Hello, welcome to the show, James. How are you? Yes, I'm good, thank you, Andrew. Good, good. How are you? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Well, you know, as bad as you can be at the moment. Well, uh, welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to Super Aqua Takeover, our brand new podcast. And we're going to talk about our experiences. Both of us have worked in the uh, paranormal for quite some time, a good, I don't know, 15 years together, something like that. That's about right, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, it's been a long time. Must be yeah. about 15 years or maybe slightly more. Yes, it's, it's certainly gone very, very quickly. And in that time, we've gone across the UK. Uh, you've been to America, been to Australia to look for ghosts. And the reason for doing that is because, well, we're passionate about it, for one. But two, we just want answers, right? Yes. I, the thing is, I've had this, uh, many conversations or conversation with many different people out there and it is trying to find for proof of paranormal existence and in my time and the same as yourself Andrew we have seen stuff and we have encountered what you could call a paranormal experience but we're still wanting to know more answers with it yeah absolutely for those who are wondering um how would you describe a ghost, because there's lots of different definitions, and I know there's lots of different theories, and we'll look at it in, in a different show, but, but just to keep it simple to you, what is a ghost? I think the thing is, like you said, you could, you could probably spend the next hour discussing on what is a ghost, but I would personally, for ease and simple terms, is a, a ghost is of someone that had a human life, like ours, and their bodies pass away and it's their soul which is haunting for location or for place of interest. Yeah, like we said, there's so many different definitions that that could be a whole series, really, just uncovering those in itself. Now, we mentioned before here, we've gone to lots of different venues, be it uh, local ones. We're in Portsmouth, so places like Tudor House, Fort Whitley, right over to America in the United States. Just, just very quickly uh, tell us, in the time you went to America, I'm guessing the way they do investigations is very different to the UK? Yes, I, um, I know there's a lot of groups out there in America. And of course, um, I met up with a local paranormal group in Florida. And I guess the main differences for me is they use tons and tons of of uh, equipment and a part of this makes me wonder is of course um victorian ghost hunting and everything else with sciences maybe that's still like in tune with the uk you know being a bit more old school than what america is with um for ghost hunting equipment side of things yeah maybe i suppose that you know in the uk in particular i mean ghost hunting is a big thing now and it's become more and more popular. People are becoming more and more open to what could be beyond religion in terms of the paranormal. You know, we've all got thoughts on it, whether we're believers or non-believers or sceptics. It's one of those things that can really lead to some hot debates. And I know we'll cover that in, in a different show, but when you went to America, where did you go? Uh, I... Trying to think of well, probably loads of, of places, now. but for a ghost hunt, you some sort of jail, wasn't it? Yes, I actually went to uh, the oldest part of Florida, which was St. Augustine. And they let you I out. I might have pronounced that slightly wrong. 
And we actually went to uh, the oldest jail there, of course, done a ghost hunt, as well as when I was um, distancing the area. It's quite amazing. Everything, because it's the oldest city in Florida, you had all like ghost books, uh, ghost equipment in the shops. It was amazing just going into all these different shops and each one had something slightly different to do with paranormal. And of course, interesting was um, in the same location, there was actually an old fort there as well. And what was interesting about that fort is at one point it was under English ownership. Then it went to Americans. Then the English invaded again. Then at some point the Spanish had it. Then the French had it. Then it went back to English and went back to American. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of history in such a small area. Of Florida. A lot of heritage too, by the sounds of it. You know, Spanish to French to English to American English, the whole lot. So definitely a multitude of different... Uh grocery you could talk to there and i know that when you you know you go to america we know there's a lot of history there too but not probably uh, you know you don't get historic castles like you would get here in uh, the uk you know americans love coming over here and doing a bit of ghost hunting back in the uk though um yeah we've been to a lot of places and the first place i want to pick up on here is, is a place we talk about quite a lot and that is right here in, in portsmouth a place called buckingham house now now this is the bed and breakfast. Years ago, it was a pub. It's been a home. It's been offices. It's been derelict. It's been everything, really. Known as the... Oh, I have to think about this now. It's been quite a long time since we've done the Portsmouth Ghost Walk, but the, the Greyhound, the Spotted Dog. It's had a quite a few different names. Named Buckingham House after the man who was murdered there, who was the Duke of Buckingham, George uh, Villiers. Now, why is it in particular that when people ask you about haunted places... Why is it a Buckingham House strikes a chord so much? I I think it's a number of different things. Buckingham House was uh, one of my very first ghost hunts. And I think it's one of... Your very first ghost hunt always seems to stick out in your mind. Yeah, yeah I'm the same with you, the house. But not only that, I think over the course of the next year... Uh, of going there for my very first one, I had some experiences that I've never had uh, before in my life, and I must admit, nothing has really uh, beaten that experience either. And even though some of the experiences did really freak me out, and still to this day I think about it, and it still freaks me out. And as I normally tell people, I've being in locations like you said all across the UK, yeah, America, but it's one place. If you said to me, "Oh, James, here's the key. Can you go upstairs and get something for me?" It would completely freak me out. Now, I think you should mention that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you can send me down tunnels, faults, you name it. I've been there by myself, but that one building, yeah. Now, one thing we have to uh, mention here is that because people are listening, they can't actually see Buckingham House, of course, we have to kind of put the picture in, in their minds, if you like. So just think of a, a nice big grey, old looking building because it's painted grey. I think it's still painted grey on the outside. It's been quite a while. You go in, there's uh, two rooms downstairs. One room's got, it's quite panelled looking, but I mean not Tudor panelling. I don't know if it is now, but it was when we went there. Go through staircase, go around the corner, and you've got a massive, almost a banquet room 
hall. Not massive, but it's it's big. It's big. It's big for the area that it's in. Uh, then we're going to go around, and if you go outside and you actually put up a lift, a lid even, you could go down into some sort of cellar stroke vault. Pretty interesting, that one. Uh, if you go upstairs, you've got uh, a room called the Red Room. It was called that because that Tudor panel again. And I think when you see places like that, I mean, I'm a big fan of Tudor period. That that kind of moment in history really, quite a lot of history intrigues me. But that in particular does really intrigue me. It really looks the part with the old Tudor painting in there. And you go upstairs, there's two rooms, or there was two rooms up on the on the third, uh, second floor, I should say. So when it, when you think of, scary historic looking houses this kind of nails it in all areas doesn't it yeah i think like you said with uh wooden handling and stuff like that i think any building that has it has that effect you walk in there and naturally you think well this is different this is quite old yeah that's good but the problem with that as well is is that with wood paneling comes a lot of creaking when the building cools down uh, and little creaky floorboards, yeah. you know. So you use pros and cons to both, of course. You're always going to get logical things happen. Now, you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier there, you said oh, you had experience here that really freaked you out. Now, I'm going to have to ask, on behalf of the people at home, what were they? Okay. Um, I start off with uh, one of my first ones. Like... I love the fact you say I start off with, which means there's obviously quite a few <laughs> here, which is good, right? Yeah. There's actually... Um... I think there's actually three that spring to my mind. And the first one, I don't know if I was actually with you, Andrew, or not. I Shocking. Might have been somewhere else in the building at the time. Oh, I well, was still there. I was still there. Yeah. It was actually me and two or three other people sat around the table. And I'll give everyone a general idea. I've got a door behind me and in this big long room, to one side, there's like a secret passage with another door. And you go, if you open this door up, it's got a secret staircase that goes down to the bottom floor and also up to the top floor. Is that the panel room as well? Are we talking? Yes. Yeah, okay. Or the red room, whatever they call it. Yeah. So we're talking first floor so, at the front, aren't we? So, of course, a lot of people don't actually realise there's a door there in the corner. Uh, anyway, at a time, uh, we was doing glass on the table and wasn't getting much and out of the corner of my eye I saw someone buying this secret door and I was like ah I know you're there I, I can see you and with this this person started walking over I was like okay I'm ready for it. I thought if someone else they're sneaked up there and they're all going to make us jump I was like oh this is going to be great you know People were opposite me and next to me. They ain't got a clue. They're all going to be really scared. And I was ready. And this person started walking over closer. I thought, that's strange. I don't recognise anyone that had a long jacket and uh, dressing all black. I thought, okay, yeah, that's a bit strange. You think, hello, you're not part of the group. Where have you cropped up from? I, I don't know who that is. Anyway, this person got closer and I looked up at this person and they looked down at me but their face was just blank. They had no nose, no eyes, no mouth, just nothing there. And they looked down at me and they chose to just walk behind me and just stand behind my chair. And I could see him clear as anything 
for whatever reason, for a couple of people in front of me couldn't see this person, whether that's um, some sort of mediumship player going on or psychicness. Yeah, absolutely. And it literally scared me. This person just stood there for five minutes. Well, I think the thing to, and... to bear in mind, though, is you mentioned that there's this dark figure. You, you can't see face. You can't see eye. You can't see all the features that helps identify people. And they stood behind your chair, like, over you. That's quite an intimidating stance, isn't it? Yes. And when I say about uh, not seeing all the features, of course, you could go down the lines maybe where this is a couple stages into, like, manifestation of a ghost. They haven't built up to that stage to show all features. But, of course, that's mm. another theory. In a yeah, yeah, of course. Well. There's so many. And I think because that was one of my first experiences in a haunted location, I really did not know what to do. I was like, can't you seen this? Um, can anyone see this guy behind me? And I was like, James, you okay? I was like, can't you see what's going on? Well, and, that's the problem, yeah. isn't it? That's a bit of a problem if you can see it and no one else can. What do you do? And after about five minutes, um, the person behind me just disappeared. Mid-air. See, and the thing is, we mentioned before, and you've mentioned that this is a venue that I've been to a lot as well. And so, yeah, it's been a long time, actually. I know we've got a video on our YouTube page, in fact, Seattle uh, Tours and Events, where you can see one of our evenings from, I believe it or not, I think it was 2008. Well, I think it might even be yeah. earlier than that, actually. From, no, no, it's 2008 from Buckingham House. And it's, you can't get it now as, as, as a uh, ghost hunt because it, it's a bed and breakfast, but looks at the ceiling because you look at it outside you think yeah it looks pretty decent size inside as you mentioned with the secret stairwells and things which actually was the servant stairwell back in the day i would imagine because it's quite narrow isn't it and quite derelicty looking and quite you know low-key now i remember being there one night and we, we talked about this quite a lot on our talks and, and things that we do on our live shows and now i'm always like for what causes activity and we were in there one night and we're talking to this panel red room again and we had a table which is a proper beefy meeting table with i don't know probably good i don't want to exaggerate eight foot probably more than that long proper thick about 15 foot long yeah and it was you know the proper thick oak wood not like the stuff you get off your you know your catalogs these days like your flat packs it was a proper old looking historic wood and oak table now a few years before that i'd done an open day there and let's just put this in perspective i needed to move that table because we were doing an open day and it took about four or five of us to actually just push it across i don't know how they got it in the room originally i mean it must have been some heck of a challenge but we managed to move it now the reason i tell you that is because we were doing a uh a seance around that table probably eight of us maybe around it and that table was moving, and my initial reaction was, hang on a minute, who's doing this? It's got to be someone. And so, as you remember, I, I laid underneath it, couldn't see anybody physically doing it, uh, but I could see it lift quite some weight, actually, and, and drop, and let's this, this make no mistake about it. When it dropped, you knew, because the bang was, you know, just deafening, really. I laid across the top of it. I'm not sure what I was trying to contribute there, really. If anybody's seen me, I probably didn't contribute a lot. But, you know, just to kind of think for myself, could it be possible that someone had done this? And I can't think of a logical reason how a table could lift 
a couple of inches off the ground with that in mind and fall down several times, not just once, but several times. Surely that can't have been someone doing that physically. It must have been a ghost, right? I, th- I think the thing is, even though this is a story that probably plays in our minds quite a lot because it's trying to explain it, because even though we are believers in the supernatural, we still try to deep. Yeah, we're open it. though, aren't we? Yeah, exactly, we're open. And I still can remember that night very clear, and I remember when the table started lifting up and down, there's even two people at the very end, if you can remember, their chairs were being pulled out. Now, oh, one lady started crying. That's enough for us. We can't, you know, take any more on this. And I still remember um, seeing this black shadow walk around us and each time they walked past my chair behind, the floorboards would literally go up and down and of course it got to a point where I do remember uh, even though it sounds impossible the table was actually in midair, and I remember yourself Andrew actually going underneath the table with yeah. one of the table legs why would anybody do that? It. why would anybody like, do that? This is not possible. How is it doing it? There's just nothing there. How can it be happening? And it was entertaining, of course, watching you trying to explain it. But at the same time, logically, uh, it didn't make sense. But the thing with that is that a lot of people would just go, oh, yeah, that's a ghost. And let's move on. It's definitely a ghost. But in actual fact, you do, as you mentioned, you do need to try and debunk these things first. You can't just say oh, that's definitely a ghost, because actually there are so many logical factors that could have played a part in that. I know it's a big, heavy table, but even so, you still need to rule out those logical factors. Yeah. I've tried um, going back and just seeing, you know, what may have influenced that paranormal activity. Sometimes I do think it was the same night the moon had a solar eclipse or something along those lines. Oh, I can't even remember, to be honest. So... A part of me always believes that maybe, I know it's another theory and a paranormal, is maybe the moon actually played a part in it, be where it yeah, did go why not? Track. Maybe if there's something more to it there. So, this is not the only haunted place in this area. We, we, we'll do a few of these shows where we'll concentrate on different areas, but we'll, we'll stick with Portsmouth today. It makes sense. Um, let's turn our attention now to uh, anyone who's never been to Portsmouth may not be aware that it is a historical naval city. That's what it's really known for, if anybody wanted to really um, kind of summarise it. On top of a, a big, big tall hill called Portsdown Hill, we've got the Portsdown Forts. So there's actually quite a few of them. Nowadays, most of them are, can't be accessed or they're used privately or whatever the case might be. But one that we do visit a lot, and can I just tell you, 2020, was the first year in 16 years I didn't go to this place for a ghost hunt. I'm Nothing not quite else. sure what's happened. I'm kind of hoping it happens again this year. But anyway, we'll see what happens. Fort Whitley. Now, Fort Whitley actually isn't that old. It's 1865. Okay, that is old compared to some places. But when you compare it to Buckingham House, which is like 15-something, it really isn't that old, is it? Um, so it's Victorian Fort... Victorians loved ghost hunting. It wasn't actually used for its real purpose because by the time they built it, it was deemed useless in a way. But it's still haunted. And lots of things happen there. 
Now, what we have to remember here, you said about debunking it earlier, one big obvious thing that people are going to be listening to this at home and go, yeah, but it's a fort. It's underground part of it. It's got tunnels. Tunnels and have no natural light. It's dark. All those kinds of things. We know that. We know that. We know it's very dark down there, even during the day. And those factors we always take into account. But let's focus on some of the things that have happened there. If you were to talk about your scariest experience there, and it's probably quite a few, what would it be? Uh, for me personally, there's one that actually sticks out in mind, and that is when I got a ghost confused with a customer. Well, you didn't ask him for a ticket, did you, or something? Uh, uh, no, I didn't that time. Um, no. £30, please. Oh, sorry. That's 30 shillings you just given uh, me. It was actually one night uh, we got hired in to help out with a paranormal event. Uh, I won't mention the group's name for obvious reasons. And there's a lot of people there. And I had a group of... Way about, too many. Yeah. I Way had too many. Around about 20 to 25 people. Yeah, exactly. And that was one of four groups. Yeah, normally we have like eight to ten people, twelve people maximum per group. And as I said, you know, twenty to twenty-five people was quite a lot. Anyway, in one of the group sessions, uh, all the customers were gathered around the table. They're doing glass work. For those of you that don't know what that is, where you put a glass on the table. You do a quick energy building exercise. I don't mean jump up and down. I mean like a quick... Well, I mean, you can do if you want to, but you don't yeah. have to. I mean, you might want to in that cold place. It gets quite cold there sometimes. <laughs> and some people believe that just helps to um, give spirits energy to move the glass. Anyway, we're calling out, trying to get spirits to come forward or ghosts to come forward and move the glass. And with that, I looked up and there was someone standing behind everyone. And I thought, Who's he? He's not in my group. And, you know, little um, clogs started going around in my brain thinking, well, people can't just walk into my group. You know, he's going to have to go back to his own group. I've got a bigger group enough as it is. People can't just swap and change. I was like this for a good minute or so, you know, thinking to myself, what can I do? And I thought, I know what I do. I'll speak to him during the break and I'll say, look, my group's big enough as it is, you're going to have to stay in your own group. Anyway, with that, he smiled at me. And it's quite strange. I must have went, uh, went like a bit white or looked a bit shot because the people that's doing glass around the table, a couple of them said, James, James, you okay? You okay there? It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. But it's that moment it clicked in my mind. I was like, Oh, um, yeah, you're actually a ghost, you're not real, yeah. And I mean, yeah, he just smiled at me and he's there for a good five minutes and then just disappeared. So, you know, I had a sim well, I'll say a similar experience, it wasn't really a similar experience, but it was in one of the tunnels. And you know, I'm gonna tell you about this, I've probably told you like loads of times, but for those listening who never heard this story, now I was with a much smaller group, one of our events, and there was. I don't know, I want to say four or five of us. It was a private event. And we were down, I can't remember which tunnel it was. I want to say it was the North Tunnel. Um, and because this is quite a few years ago. And we were doing 
class divination, as, as you mentioned a minute ago. And all of a sudden, I thought, why is someone walking down here? Because you can hear, you know, the, the echoes are, are pretty massive at Fort Woody, aren't they? And you can hear them everywhere. But there were quite heavy footsteps. I thought, well, no one should be coming down here because the other two groups are out doing what they're doing. And I thought, well, maybe it's just me. But then other people said, well, who's walking down? And I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. These other people are hearing this as well. And then we saw what looked like an old Victorian lantern. I'm not even joking, like an old Victorian lantern just wafting in the air. Because remember, it's very, very dark down there. You can't really see much. And we can see this, this light, candlelight walking down. With the footsteps as well, we're thinking, now even someone's playing a really good prank here, there's something really strange going on, right? Because there's someone coming down and they should be coming down here. All of us heard it. All of us saw it. We all looked and we saw what looked like a, a figure of a dark, like a, of course, like a dark shadow, I want to say. With a, if you want to kind of make out what it looked like, maybe it has some sort of hat on, pointed hat on, with this um, lantern, heavy footsteps. We all saw, we all heard it. And I must admit, there's a couple of people in the group at this point who were like shaking with fear. I mean, it was shaking so much that the table was like rattling like anything. And it just vanished. Now, now five people who don't know each other, because none of us knew each other, five of us, all saw exactly and heard exactly the same thing. People can't tell me that we that we all exaggerated that or, or worked in cahoots because we really didn't. Now we yeah. we know that one of the stories about Fort Whitley is that people do have that experience. They experience a man with a lantern, heavy footsteps, who walks down the past the tunnels and then disappears. Coincidence or is it something paranormal? I think. It's an interesting factor. It's like some of the stories I've already mentioned, you could say, because I work as an medium on ghost hunt, maybe from a parapsychology term, I've got some sort of influence in my brain, or it's uh, I'm hallucinating in some way, so it can be explainable or explained. But five, five but people can't, surely. A number of people seeing it. That's when you really got to question, you know, what's going on. Um, and part of you thinks, oh, hang on a minute, someone just, uh, someone just walked in this place that shouldn't be here, almost like you with your group of people you mentioned earlier. Or is this really something quite weird? Now, late at night, in fact, the same group, ironically, uh, were upstairs on the, the ground floor in one of the rooms. We always call it the murder mystery rooms. They used to do murder mysteries in there. I don't know what it's really called. But anyway, we were doing... Um, a um, EVP experiment. We just left the recorder go in. We asked a couple of questions, maybe five, ten minutes, something like that. Uh, we heard absolutely nothing in response to our questions. No bangs, no voices, nothing. And you know what forward is like? If, if someone walks past naturally, you'll hear it because every sound is amplified, isn't it? And yeah. But there's no one else around either. So, you know, if someone came in, it'd be quite quite difficult not to notice them. One of the guys in our group who actually worked for us played it back and heard what well, sounded like two girls singing, following by saying, get out. Now, at the time, he didn't tell us what he heard. He just said, okay, if I come back in, have a listen to see, see if we hear anything. Said nothing to us about what, what he had heard. And every single one of us went, whoa, hang on. There's someone singing there saying, and then saying, get out. We never heard that at the time. So surely there's got to be something strange going on there. Yes, I think oh, I do remember listening to it. Uh, well, it's on SoundCloud, in fact. We've got it on our yes. SoundCloud account. 
I've heard a number of different EVPs in uh, in my past, and sometimes it does make you question how or what, you know, what is actually going on, especially when you know you've been there, no one said anything at all, and then you play it back and there is something clear. Yeah, absolutely nobody said anything. Well, other than, you know, what's your name and the questions with the gaps in it, no one said anything other than that. So there was absolutely no way there could have been any of us not contributing to those sounds. So where it came from, I don't know. But it was certainly very interesting. And when we go back there, my advice would be to uh, book tickets on ours. Just ask the actual tours and events. Make sure you book on that one. Don't go to anybody else. Go with us. Um, we've got loads and loads of ghost tours. But they're not the only places. You know, we could, we could talk all night about haunted places in Portsmouth. Um, again, Fort Purbrook, very haunted right through to in the Solon, Spitbank Fort, again, very haunted. But right next door to Buckingham House in old Portsmouth is Felton House. Now, I've had mediums go there who go, oh, yes, the ghost of John Felton's here. No, he's not, because John Felton didn't actually go there. He was named after him because he was the killer of the Duke of Buckingham, just to clarify. But it's still haunted, right? And I was told that one paranormal group was so scared, they ran away from the building and didn't return. Why do you do that if you're a ghost hunter, right? Surely you want to see something, don't you? I think, um, from what I remember of Felton House, they also had an issue with uh, quite a few uh, building companies that would actually go in there to do work. And after a few days, they'd actually leave. Well, I so, say it looked like it, yeah. Well, yeah, it, it looked like <laughs> there it. There was a well. staircase that went to... I remember there was a staircase that went to nowhere. Like, there was just half a staircase. And then I was thinking, yeah, don't use that one late at night because you will have a big fall. And you'll be the next ghost in this place. But um, yeah, it's, again, deceiving. Because when you see it from the outside, it looks fairly small. But inside, it's got like, loads of rooms. So we know that people have seen Victorian men who, like, wandering the corridors. Um, whether someone got scratched in there at one point. But it was, I was there when the passenger got scratched. No one physically did it, and neither did they. And the scratch was so obvious, we would have noticed it beforehand, in most cases. What kind of things have you experienced at Felwyn House? See, with me, um, of course, I'll experience more in Buckingham House next door. Yeah, I think most people do, don't um, they, generally? Felton House, there's only really one story that actually sticks out in my mind. And that is, there's one night, it was me and about four or five other people went in there just to investigate it. And we started walking upstairs. And bear in mind, I remember, yeah. there's no one in the house. It was only us there, no one else. I started walking up the stairs, and with that, at the top of the stairs, a woman high-pitched screamed at us. And we had the uh, key, didn't we, as well? So we know yeah. no one else walked in. And with that, the person that I was with absolutely trapped himself, came back down towards. We all was like, oh my God, what's that? There's no one up there. How can someone just high-pitched scream at us? And yeah, and that was it that night. But even just that uh, one scream, it still makes you go back and question, you know, what happened, what went on. Yeah, who was it? Oh, we don't know because the person ran away, but, you know, those kind of experiences do really make you question, don't they? Yeah. Just down the road from um, uh, Felton House, in fact, is a place that we use for our ghost tours um, at the start and end, which is the oldest pub in Portsmouth, the Dolphin. Now, I know years ago, I'm talking maybe 2007, maybe, when it was changing ownership, uh, the new owners again gave us the key and said, hey, look, just do a ghost hunt, do what you want. 
and you can use the whole building. And we went to the top floor, uh, which is the second floor. And we had this on video. I think I've still got the video, but I just don't really want to watch it because it's quite some yeah, entertainment. Yeah, well, you, well, maybe I might dig it out one day and just show you exactly what happened. But I don't think I can do that now because some people in it. But this is one of the most weirdest experiences that happened. I've seen the video, so I know what happened. But I don't remember what happened firsthand. And I was there. Dad, you're going to tell us why. Why do I not remember it? Oh, uh, well... Well, those of you that believe in possession or might have heard of possession, Andrew got slightly or fully possessed where someone actually took over his body, but lucky enough, only his voice, and uh, started speaking to us. But the problem was, it wasn't just me, was it? (laughs) No, I think what made it confusing is, was like, okay, Andrew's uh, I'll say overshadowed because I think when you say possessed sometimes everyone thinks of the exorcist and yeah. it's not like that but there was no crucifixes involved no. we was doing a seance Andrew started talking and you started going on about something and with that someone else within the seance started having a conversation with you and we was like hang on a sec what's going on um are these two people aware of each other? Or what's, what's happening? And it's quite strange. This other person in the seance uh, was actually overshadowed by a young girl. And this young girl was saying to this other guy, you killed me. And this is what happened to me. You killed me. And you're not sorry or anything else. And this guy was just like saying stuff in witchcraft terms and everything else. And it was a really nasty piece of work. Now, of course, for those, that are, or for those of you that are listening, you could say, okay, well, someone could fake that or whatever else. And I think it's one of those... Oh, it definitely parts. wasn't. Yeah, you've got to experience it to actually know what's going on. And, of course, uh, when you know the person, like I've known Andrew for many, many years, uh, you know when something is actually happening. And... I must admit, I didn't quite know what to do at a start with because a lot of people say when someone's overshadowed, you can guide them out and all of a sudden they'll come back around. But each time I try speaking to one person for other person and start winding for other person up. And oh, wow. and then it becomes a bit of an escalated it, it problem. It's complicated. Something. What I've done is the person that was overshadowed by the young girl me and my friend literally picked him up, took him in for a different bedroom, put him down, and then I came back to deal with um, the guy that was um, overshadowing you, Andrew. And it's one of these times that I will actually say is after all this happened and everything came down, we brought you around, the other person around, whatever went on, it's almost that spirit or ghost, kept an eye on us for three months. And I think the three of us that had... Yes, I do recall this, yeah. We all reported someone at night time just watching. And I know a a lot of the times we do say, okay, don't worry, spirits ain't going to follow you home, nothing. 
most of the time, or 99.99 whatever percent, is correct. But this time, for whatever reason, it's almost like this bloke um, did actually keep an eye on us. And it was almost... That's a reassuring thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a reassuring thing more than anything else. I don't know if it's reassuring. I don't actually like the person. Oh, well, that's not quite so reassuring. We've got nine of them. But uh, we were kind of hoping that we were, you know, trying not to scare people too much. But yeah, it is very, very rare. Well, I think we have, you know, there's so many great haunted places in Portsmouth. We could definitely talk about it all night. We talked about some fantastic venues today and some of our experiences as well. On our next show, I think we should focus on Haunted Brighton. Yes, why not? Right from, I mean, we got a few places in and around that area, from Preston Manor to Brian Police House to wait for it, the Sea Life Centre. I've <laughs> actually done a ghost hunt at the Sea Life Centre in Brighton. Yes. Don't I know what you're thinking? It was a bit fishy, but actually, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. But we'll have to tell you about the next show. So, uh, yeah, please make sure you do tune our way because Shackle Takeover is going to take over, right? Yes, indeed. We've got a lot of exciting events coming up. Not just podcasts. We're going to be doing a Supernatural Takeover web show. We're going to be doing another online convention event this May. We're going to be bringing the ghost tours back. (gasps) And so much more. There's loads, isn't there? Just loads. Yep, there's loads going on. So make sure you check out the website, supernaturaltoursandevents.com. And if you can't remember that, well, then just go to supernaturaltakeover.com and take you to the same website more or less um, it's been great talking to you we're going to catch up again and we're going to talk Haunted Brighton so I'm looking forward to that yes it's going to be an interesting one yeah well thank you everybody to listen today and we appreciate it and please if you don't do anything else go on our website and share this podcast on your social media and help us get more listeners but again thank you everybody and, and just take care we will see you on our next show Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.